Hi, and welcome to EcoGen. I'm Abby Beach, and I'm sitting down with environmental leaders from the generation that will bear the largest burdens of climate change. Today, I'm talking to Nicole Turner, a senior at American University, environmentalist, and digital media assistant at Earth Day Network. This recording is happening a couple weeks into the COVID crisis. So um, you're at your home in Vermont right now, right? I am. Yeah, it's um, it's pretty rainy today. We've had a few nice days, but April or March and April in Vermont is not as nice as D.C., but it's good to be home. Uh, I'm just going to start off by asking you about the first time um, that you heard of climate change. Yeah, um, I think when I first heard about it, I was pretty young, um, probably in elementary school. I don't remember um, kind of a a moment when it all clicked, but I, growing up in Vermont, I have constantly been around nature and um, through hiking and skiing um, biking and whatnot. And so that's really instilled my love for nature, which then kind of has influenced my passion for the environment. Um, but it wasn't really until probably middle school that I got interested in science. Uh, we had, I had a really wonderful science teacher that we would go outside and do all sorts of labs And um, that's kind of when I started hearing about climate change. However, it really hasn't had such an impact on my personal life until the past maybe five years. And that's when I've really started to get more environmentally uh, aware and kind of changing my own personal habits. Yeah. And can you talk a little bit about what you do now on your public health major um but you know what clubs you're in organizations internships that kind of stuff so right I am a public health major um and that was a decision I made my freshman year I wasn't really sure what I wanted to study I knew I had a really interest a really big interest in health um I was interested in maybe studying nutrition or sports nutrition at the time but American didn't have that and so Public health is kind of what uh, was closest to that. Um, But I also then found out about Americans' minor in sustainability, which actually is in their business school. Um, So it's definitely different. It's not, you know, your traditional environmental science major or minor. It's instead looking at kind of how businesses, uh, big, small, corporate, whatnot, are essentially uh, doing good, whether that's economically, but also environmentally and socially. So looking at corporate social responsibility is a big part of our courses at American. And so within that, um, I don't have a business background at all, but it's been really interesting to kind of look through that lens to see, you know, if businesses change, how that will have an influence on uh, the individual. You know, there's that constant question and battle of is it the individuals that need to change and if their changes will then have an impact on the greater uh, the businesses or if businesses change will that then kind of force individuals to make smarter uh, you know decisions in the long run 
And so that is kind of how I just started taking more of those classes and really loved them. Um, then that kind of sparked my interest to study abroad in Copenhagen, Denmark. Yeah. Can you talk right. about that experience a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So that uh, was a really influential experience for me in terms of uh, sustainability. Denmark is really ahead of the game uh, around the world, really, in terms of their environmental policies and whatnot. So Copenhagen is just an amazing city in that they have, it's known for, as as many know, their bike infrastructure. So that um, was just a really eye-opening experience, seeing everyone kind of, you know, just on bikes all the time, but the impacts that that had on the community um, in that, and through some of my courses, we would learn that, for example, you know, Denmark is one of the happiest nations in the world. And why is that? There's many reasons. Um, one is that, you know, when you're on bikes, you're more connected. You're seeing people constantly. You aren't, you know, in your car, individual, you're in your individual car and kind of disconnected from the rest of society. Um, so there were lots of little bits and pieces that I learned through that experience. But um, that program is really unique in that you um, I took four classes, but one of them is what's called a core course. And with that, you you spend most of your time, um, it's kind of your main course. And with that, I took a class called Sustainable Development in Northern Europe. And you get to um, travel with that too, right? Exactly. Yeah, that's what's really unique about this whole program. Um, you, so for my class, we, we traveled to Berlin um, in Germany. And we also went uh, around Sweden. And so not only are you, you know, bonding with your class more and able to dive deeper into those issues and talk at kind of a deeper level, but also you're experiencing it firsthand and, you know, with site visits and all of that great stuff. And if you if you're comparing living in, in Denmark and living in the U.S. and how we think about sustainability um, just mm-hmm. on like a day-to-day basis, how, how would you compare the two? I'm guessing my experience in, in Copenhagen might be a little different from those uh, around, the, around the country just because, you know, Denmark is, is, has a lot of rural areas, but Copenhagen obviously is very populated. And um, one thing, people are, you know, everyone walks everywhere. It's you don't necessarily one thing that I notice is that people don't you know go to the store and get a ton of groceries and fill their cars they kind of go more often but just get what they need and you know that reduces food waste um one thing that I found interesting was that uh I we had a guest lecture and he was saying that actually Copenhageners aren't necessarily more environmentally conscious, though that's often assumed that they are, but it's just that the government and uh, the way the country and and the city are, is run is it just makes um, kind of these environmental um, actions more natural. They have that infrastructure in place. You know, it's it's more convenient to just hop in your bike and go and go to work that way than maybe sit through traffic. So it's a lot about convenience, which I found. And um, I think it's what's a little bit different about maybe some places in the U.S. You know, you can't 
just hop on a bike and if you're living in a rural community or whatnot it's it's different so there's lots of structural changes structural differences but there's certain things that I think uh at least some big cities could definitely take into account to kind of replicate. Speaking of biking, um, <laughs> I don't know if your trip is still happening, but do you want to tell us a little bit about what um, you're raising money for and that organization? Sure, yeah. So this summer, uh, the plan, uh, it's still on track, but there's a lot to be uh, figured out. But the plan is that I'm going to be biking across the country uh, with an organization called the Almond Foundation and actually based in Baltimore. And they are a cancer foundation and they, they raise money and a lot, they have lots of services for young adults with cancer. Um, you know, they provide scholarships. They have, they just opened what is called the Almond House that provides uh, housing for many patients and their families that are going through treatment. And so I will be riding my bike uh, with a group of around 35 others, uh, other young adults, so 18 to around 26 years old. Um, we're going to be biking from Baltimore to San Francisco, and it'll take about 70 days and 4,000 miles. And we go uh there's actually two different routes. There's going to be a central route that goes to, you know, Colorado, Utah, all those central states. And then there's the northern route, which I'll be doing, uh, which I'm very excited about because I've never been to that part of the country. How's your training going now that, you know, COVID's <laughs> happening and life has been a little disrupted? Yeah, it's been different. Um, I will say biking in Vermont is quite beautiful but it's also this time of year like I said today it's it's raining so it's going to be interesting um you know just shifting the routine a little bit but so far uh I'm trying to keep the positive spirits up and um how close are you to your goal your fundraising goal I'm actually almost there I'm Ooh. almost, I'm like $50 short. Oh my God, uh, pod listeners. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I have a... Sponsor Nicole. A, <laughs> we have to, um, part of this trip is, you know, they provide a bike with you and some amazing, uh, like, we have all expenses and, like, food and, uh, and, and housing that's kind of covered. We basically stay at, um, community centers and, you know, churches, or once we're at West, we'll camp, but that's all covered. But we, we do raise a minimum of $4,500 that goes directly to the Almond Foundation. And, and I have a personal goal of 6,000 and, um, it's good. It's, I'm almost there. I'm, I'm kind of on hold right now. I, I want to be sensitive of, um, of the situation and and asking for money. So, um, but yeah. You talked a bit about growing up in Vermont, um, and spending time outdoors. Can you talk about, um, how being somewhere where you're super connected to the environment, you know, through your childhood has affected the path you're on now? Yeah, I definitely think it has, um, though I don't think I really realized it until I moved to D.C. actually for school. Um, You know, growing up in 
in Burlington, Vermont. It is the largest city here, but it's quite small. Um, I always wanted to to leave. I I wanted to go to a bigger city, though not like New York, um, but DC is kind of the perfect size for me. And um, but as I as I went there, and I really loved DC, but I definitely missed a lot of nature. And DC has amazing parks and whatnot. But I, you know, I grew up going. I was on the out my alpine ski team and in high school and grew up skiing basically every weekend in the winter and um i actually i live on lake champlain um and so just like things that i would take for granted by just you know hopping on a on a paddleboard or kayak in the summer and and going for a short little paddle um i definitely think that had an influence on my my love for the for nature and then um, but it wasn't, I didn't always <laughs> like to go hiking and whatnot. <laughs> My parents would always not force us, but we would go on these hikes and my family wasn't super big into camping, but we would travel and, um, kind of always find little unknown spots. And, and I didn't quite appreciate it at the time, but, um, as I've grown older, I definitely think it had a, an influence on who I am and, so, I don't know what your situation with Earth Day is at this point. Are you still working? Yeah. Today? So, yeah, I can I'm sure that it. that's been totally, <laughs> speaking of on hold um, with this whole crisis, but can you talk about your work um, there a bit? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I am in, well, so last semester, um, in this, in the fall, I was an intern at the Earth Day Network. Um, and what that is, is, uh, it was, it's a nonprofit that was born out of the first Earth Day in 1970. Um, and this year is actually the 50th anniversary, which is very exciting. And, uh, Earth Day Network is now, the world's largest recruiter to the environmental movement, uh, working with more than 75,000 partners and in, in a, over, I believe, 190 countries. Um, so Earth Day, you know, it it it's different all around the world and it, it, it kind of gets a rep for, you know, you go out and you pick some trash or whatnot, but every year, they what I was unaware of until uh, I started being involved with this organization is that they have kind of a mission, um, for the year. So, mm -hmm. so this year is climate action. And so, and I believe last year or basically the year before, um, all of the talk about plastics and all of these, you know, we're seeing all these plastic bans. I, I was completely unaware that, you know, prior to that Earth Day's, uh, goal was on, was about plastic pollution. So I think that they definitely had an influence on that push and, you know, just getting more education out there on, on the influences of, or on the impacts of plastic. Right. What people not. might not know is that Earth Day, just like the, the holiday was some of the, the spark for a lot of the modern environmental movement. So Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely sparked um, a lot of, you know, laws that were passing, um, you know, in the following years for environmental protection. And so that's what's amazing. And 
and this year, as I said, is the 50th anniversary. And so I'm actually, uh, I was hired on for part-time this semester, uh, working with the communications team. And I'm actually helping out with a, a campaign called Athletes for the Earth, which uh, promotes, or it basically works with athletes and teams and organizations and colleges to promote environment, you know, promote green initiatives and all athletes are experiencing effects of climate change. So, so we're working with some elite athletes there, which is really cool to kind of use their platform to speak up. Um, wow, yeah, but to go, really cool. yeah. And so to go to your, your point about the 50th, it, it is getting shifted. Um, we, are now going digital. And so what does that mean? Uh, there's a lot to be uh, figured out still, but the plan is to, um, you know, have digital strikes, to have digital, have teach-ins. Um, we're really pushing our campaign called Vote Earth, which mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, we, we don't stand behind any candidates, but we say instead Vote Earth and, and you know, how what are these candidates, you know, going to do for climate change and big push on voter registration. It's definitely a shift uh, as everyone is kind of dealing with this, this crisis, uh, you know, day by day. But I think it's a really great opportunity to kind of highlight that science is real right now. And that this is why we need to listen to the science and, um, whether it's for public health issues or environmental issues, mm-hmm. I think, um, I hate to say it, but this might be just the first of many um, uh, outbreaks, whether it's to this level or not. But climate change is, it's happening and it's really scary, but there's, it's not too late. And so I'm, I'm hoping that we're, we're thinking and hoping and staying hopeful that this will be a time for some people to wake up and and take action and um, see that civic engagement is really, really important right now. And, you know, people are wanting to figure out how they can get involved in any way possible, whether it's for this, uh, this crisis or not. You know, we talked a little bit about your work at Earth Day, um, but I want to ask you what issues you think um, – not are the most important because it's hard to put a hierarchy on that kind of thing, but the ones that really get you fired up that you really are passionate about. Um, and these can mm-hmm. be anything, environmental issues or, you know, anything that you're passionate about. What are those big things for you? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think in terms of, like you said, environmental um things there's so much that is important and it's easy to get fired up about just about anything and um but some things that I'm really interested in is um though it might not be seen as as like the biggest thing but is the importance of uh outdoor recreation and how it has an impact on health um I'm currently uh, in my capstone for public health and I'm working with a team of four group members and we're basically a research consultant for the National Park Service 
and we are conducting an, a literature review identifying the health benefits and barriers of outdoor recreation um, and, you know, strategies of what other, you know, U.S. cities are doing and their park systems. It's this. Yeah. So it's not necessarily a direct issue related to climate change. Um, but I think in terms of looking at this in a public health perspective, mental health, well-being and everything can be drastically improved um, through outdoor recreation. And it's trying to figure out how we can get uh, that to be accessible to everyone, um, right. which is a really big issue. And and places like Colorado and like Utah and uh, California, like they have amazing programs and systems, but um, it's, you know, looking at places like D.C., New York City, um, these rural cities, how can just about everyone from all backgrounds get access to that? Um, and but also realizing that it's hard because, you know, people are have different working environments and different socioeconomic statuses and um so prioritizing being outdoors is definitely not something that's on the many people's minds and I I struggle with it too when I'm mm -hmm. in the busyness of school and um but the health benefits of just getting outdoors and I think that a lot I I'm uh we have a park at the top of my neighborhood here and it's just, it's a, like a local park and it's been packed every single day. And, um, or the car, the parking lot has, I, I wouldn't say the trails are, which is interesting because they're pretty spread out. Um, and that's a whole nother issue right now of, um, whether it's kind of okay to, to go and, and go on these trails. I right. think that, um, it's, I wouldn't say that no, like, <laughs> I think that being outdoors is really important right now and going for walks and, but, you know, being smart about it because that's and a whole other thing. Safe I could get. Distancing and all of those things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The distancing and also they're talking about, um, you know, don't go crazy. Don't do anything that could make you get hurt and then have to go into a hospital and these systems are already right. so uh, jam packed. And so, um, that's kind of getting off tangent, but yeah, so the benefits of outdoor recreation, um, that's one thing. And then just briefly, uh, like I mentioned kind of before is increasing bike culture, you know, better transportation systems. That's kind of the nerdy side. Transit <laughs> um, to trails. Ex yeah, exactly. I think, uh, my time in, in Denmark had a really big influence on that and I was, really uh, lucky to have spent this past summer out in Berkeley, California. I was taking a course at uh, UC Berkeley in their College of Environmental Design, and it was called Design and Innovation for Sustainable Cities. And it was a five-week course and uh, all about sustainable cities. And so, That's so interesting. Yeah, I think, you know, so many people, cities are just getting so populated and and they have a lot of uh, potential to 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 change to be more sustainable. Whether it's their transit, whether it's more urban agriculture, uh, 
you know, there's, there's lots to go into it with that. Um, so I would say those two, uh, I could go on all day, but right. I will focus on those. <laughs> yeah, no, those are two really big ones. And I, the outdoor recreation is, I think something that, something I'm passionate about too. Um, so I'm glad you brought it up. And I think that people, um, like undersell it a little bit as like an environmental, um, issue because it's also Mm -hmm. an environmental justice issue and access to green spaces is like so essential to not just like health um because that's like the main thing with it it's provides so much um benefits health-wise but um also because having the ability to be connected to your environment allows people to um really tap into why they care about environmental issues you know if you don't have that access it sometimes it's harder to make the connection it's, it's hard I mean a lot of a lot of our lifestyles are are inside and in front of screens and it's it just makes sense that it would be uh, harder to kind of have that connection you can read about it but that doesn't mm-hmm. really make you uh, any more like likely or wanting to make a change when we see these these headlines all the time and it's just like it can be a lot (laughs) and um and I think until you just have even whatever it is a small a small um influence on someone's life could make a big impact and I think I do I strongly believe that in uh kind of connecting health to the environment the climate crisis is is going to be really important in the coming years because as we're seeing now, like you mentioned, when people see that their health can be impacted by um, maybe it's not, I don't want to say their actions because it's their, uh, because it's the, you know, these the systems bigger involved, systems. Yeah. yeah the, the government that, that really needs to change. Um, but what we can do as individuals is really push for that systematic change and it can be done. And I think it's really, uh, it's really powerful when you go to these, these marches and seeing these, these kids speak, it's, that has been a really huge, uh, influence on my involvement, uh, just within the past year is just being in awe of these kids and really making me wake up to like okay like they're very like they are so right like if I want to have kids someday they they aren't gonna see the same uh environments and landscapes that maybe I'm seeing today and and that is really harmful it's not it's it's hard to think about um yeah and so yeah totally so you sort of led me right into our last question um and That is, so, um, a lot of times with younger, um, people at the end of conversations about climate change or the environment, people will ask, you know, why are you hopeful? And while I think that it is important to have hope, um, I also think it's, you know, we're not here to give other people reasons to feel okay. So my question for you is, what is the reason you are fighting for a better future? Uh, I would say, like I mentioned, uh, definitely for future generations. Um, I think it's just the right thing to do. Um, 
I mentioned before, my connection to my environment had such a huge impact on who I am today. And I, I just want everyone to be able to experience uh, similar things. Everyone will have different experiences. Uh, but I think that, like, it is just crazy to think that our our government's actions right now have such a big impact on our future. Just, I think, also to look back and say, okay, this, I was fighting for this. I didn't, you know, I didn't just let it slip by me. I actually took some action. Um, I did what I can. And right. you were on the right side. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's, hard to, it's sometimes hard to put it into words, but, you know, I was doing what I can. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Nicole. Um, yeah absolutely thank you for potting with me as we say (laughs) um uh have a great rest of your semester um thank you you too and good luck on your bike trip thank you thanks for having me